Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Hello, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. Welcome to Marriage Helper Live. First, the weather report here in Middle Tennessee. It is in the 90s, and the studio is very hot. Therefore, if I start perspiring as I'm answering your questions, don't think that the questions are so hard that it makes me sweat. <laughs> Understand that it's a very warm, warm day in Middle Tennessee. Warm and humid. As a matter of fact, not just warm, hot. Let me uh, introduce to you a change we're going to make in this program beginning next Monday, a week from today. And that is for the first 10 to 15 minutes of each program, we're going to be talking about a particular and specific topic. Now you can still call in whatever question you wish and we'll answer the questions as best we can. We will tend to give precedence toward questions that are on that topic and we'll do our best to announce or advertise that topic in advance so you can know what it is. But we want you to identify the topics that make sense or that make a difference, or that you want to know about. Therefore, if you would like to send suggestions for the topics, please email those suggestions to live, that's L-I-V-E, live at marriagehelper.com. Marriage Helper is all one long word, marriagehelper, marriagehelper.com. And so if you have suggestions for topics you'd like us to use as we begin each of these programs, beginning this coming Monday, a week from today, then please send us those topic suggestions. Now, understand that because we'll be sending only 10 to 15 minutes on each topic, it will not be exhaustive, but we can give enough information that I think it will make a difference to you and that uh, that you can find it valid and worthwhile. And again, we still will take questions as I'm going to do today. We'll take questions, do our best to answer our questions as best we can based on the scientific evidence available and the experience we've had in working with thousands upon thousands upon thousands of couples. I've been doing this for the last 25 years years. And so we've got a lot of experience and have learned a lot by the things that we study. And we continually to this day, download from scholarly peer review journals, the latest information, the latest research about everything to do with make relationships that you can imagine, and particularly about marriage. Now, just before I start into the first question here, let me explain why my co-host Kimberly Holmes isn't with us today. Kimberly is the CEO of Marriage Helper. <laughs> All of us work for her, including me. But this weekend, well, let me start this way. Kimberly and her husband, Rob, this year, earlier this year, adopted two wonderful children from India. And they have done quite well in their adaptation to coming to America, to parents here, and, and the world is different than the world they had been in before. And there are two of them. They're siblings, half-siblings, uh, a brother and a sister. The brother, the younger one, is Arrow. Arrow is two and a half and will be three coming this uh, January. But Boomy, the girl, turned five today. And so they've made a big deal out of Boomy's birthday, and they have been having parties all weekend long. <laughs> we'll have another one this afternoon for her. And there you can see, I think that's Kimberly. I can't see the screen. Yes, that's Kimberly. And you see Boomy, the little girl, and, and Arrow, her little brother. They're dressed as characters from the movie Frozen and have been having a wonderful weekend party so far. And Kimberly's still celebrating with them today, and we'll meet so this evening. 
So that's where she is, and those are her wonderful children that she's there with. All right, let me see if I can get to a question here. And we're going to go to uh, hmm, Kay. I think it's Janina. Let's see if I'm pronouncing that correct. Is it is it Janina? Am I saying that yes, right? Yes, sir. Okay, and you're in Michigan, I see. Yes, sir. Okay. How may I help you today, Janina? Well, um, my my husband came to me um, back in July and told me that he was wanting a divorce. Mm-hmm. And um, he has been fighting me on it for a while now. What does that he mean, fighting me that I don't want the divorce. I've been okay. trying my my pies and everything, and I've done fairly well in my opinion. Okay. Um, he finally tells me that uh, a lot of the problem is like nagging, I guess per se. Mm-hmm. Within the last couple of years, he said he's been falling out of love with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, um. I'm, you know, I'm trying to give that, I, I give him space and, and everything else and what he needs and whatnot. Okay. Did you hear this I, kind of my, complaint from him before he decided he wanted a divorce? For example, in the last couple of years, has he said anything about you nagging or anything else? Or are these things that are kind of coming out of the blue now that he tells you he wants a divorce? It it was kind of off and on. Um, he travels for work and that mm-hmm. has been within the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of it is the thing that he got his freedom and he enjoys it. Freedom meaning and fun. Meaning he can go have fun. He goes to, he goes all over the place around the States. He travels everywhere. He ventures around and he does everything by himself without the wife or anything like that. So we I'm hearing you say that you don't think it's because of your nagging. I'm hearing you say you think it's because of the fact that he doesn't want to be married. Is that what you're thinking? Right. And okay. there's there's no other no other woman that he he says they're not so I trust that there's not. Um, mm-hmm. Why? He, why, he will why get, do you trust that? If he says no other woman, because he's why never do you done that. that. We've been together. We, he's never done that to me. We've been together 17 years. Mm-hmm. And, and I, so you think I that's a possibility to, for him? I think it's a possibility, but I don't think he would ever go to that extreme. Okay, because so what is it that's pulling that him doesn't... then? You see, when we look at a marriage, I, I we know. say either a person's being pushed out, and if you're nagging a lot, mm-hmm. if you really were doing that, mm-hmm. then we can understand the push. But what I'm hearing you say is you don't think you did that much. And, and I'm just misunderstanding what you're saying. I, I, I think I did do it for quite a while because I missed okay. him. He travels at least two weeks oh. out of a month. Okay. So I missed him, and... So that was a big part of it, but mm-hmm. he tells me now he doesn't want to be tied down to anybody. He wants to be a single father and just do what he wants, come and go as he pleases. And okay. I'm, I'm so lost and confused. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, can and understand. I, don't, I don't know. He He will be, you know, he'll have days where he's really nice and it's like he's kind of coming back a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I hear the next day is we are getting a divorce. We are separated. And he sleeps mm-hmm. in a different room now. Mm-hmm. Um, he claims that we have every other weekend with the kids. I, I don't understand how you can pull that one off, but we live under the same roof. It's just so, he's got mm-hmm. in his mind he wants a divorce, and there is no turning him back. Okay, and he is planning to live someplace else, I assume, when he divorces or still live with you? 
<laughs> well, that's where it gets confusing. He wants to live in the same house and raise our kids together. We have an eight and ten year old. But he wants to. And get that's divorced. where I'm. Right. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I, assuming I, that you ask him to explain that. And when you do, what does he say? He doesn't really explain much. He just says he wants to get along for the kids. Mm-hmm. And sorry, there's a helicopter flew over my house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, then then I guess I'm having some confusion here. And sure, I can understand your confusion. I'm confused as well. Yeah. Where it's like, well, why does he? If he wants, why does he want to live there and be divorced? What is it that he gains by being divorced? Has he ever mentioned that, that at all? Not, a freedom. I, apparently, he he claims that our marriage certificate is just a piece of paper that holds us together. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, if he's going to live in the same house with you, still be traveling two hour, uh, two weeks out of the month, those kinds of things, how is that any different than having being married and not being married? That's what I'm confused with. Something about this just doesn't make a yeah. lot of sense. Are you guys uh, religious people by any chance? I am. He's kind of on the fence over it. Okay, um, was he before? Was he earlier a religious person? Yeah. He's, he's, and when did that was change? Was he this person? Yeah, I'm saying when he's did always his, been uh, that way. Okay, all right. Well, I'm happy for you that you're doing the things that you should be doing, which you know you're working on your <laughs> prize. And for those people that don't uh, that just tune in and don't understand that, that means that uh, Janina's becoming the best she can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. That's what the P I E S stands for. And so. In this particular situation where he's dead set on divorce, you say you're fighting him. I'm assuming that you have an attorney. Is that correct? I do not. No, I've kind of been letting it go with the flow, basically, because mm-hmm. he says he's filing, and then he hasn't filed in a month after he told me he was filing. Okay. Now, that's, so I guess that's I a good thing. Does he have an attorney, as far as you know? Does he have an attorney? Okay. So, no, so he wants far, to do this him... together. Huh? Okay. Oh yeah, I'm sorry I interrupted. It's it's he's wanting you to just walk down somewhere and sign a piece of paper. Is that basically what it is? Yeah, yeah. He wants to do this just however we feel fit that it's going to be okay to make us through a divorce. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not okay with that. I've I've my husband. He's I I feel like I've been a very good wife and I'm a very good mom. I have been. Mm-hmm. I moved from Tennessee to Michigan to be with mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. because we, he had left me after one year of marriage. He moved down to Tennessee. We got married and a year later he moved and left me and come up here. So mm-hmm. I told him that I would move to Michigan and we would work it out mm-hmm. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. We did. Mm-hmm. Here it is mm-hmm. 15 years later and he's pulling the same thing. And I, I almost feel like it's a midlife crisis type thing. I mean, he, he has no, nothing behind this. He's, he's a, he's a firefighter. Mm-hmm. So I, I helped him through all of that. He's a fire instructor. I helped him through that. We're both EMS. Mm-hmm. I helped him through that. You know, mm-hmm. everything that we have done, I have put myself on the back burner for, for him and my kids, mm-hmm. which I would, I don't regret that whatsoever, mm-hmm. but I feel like this is the thank you that I'm getting out of. Me yeah, being definitely mean. not fair. Is it? I, I can understand that. I mean, you sacrificed quite a bit, and it's certainly not fair that he's doing this. So it's kind of an unusual no. situation you're describing here. But here's what I'm going to summarize what I've heard you say, that you still love this man. 
you want the marriage to continue. Absolutely. But you're not you're not mm-hmm. willingly going to go along with this divorce. If indeed he no. takes the next step, if he takes the next step, which means he would have to see an attorney, if indeed he takes the next mm-hmm. step, then you've got some decisions, some hard decisions you'll have to make. The first thing I would recommend is if he does see an attorney that you do as well so that you and the kids are protected. But the decisions you'll mm-hmm. have to be making, which are going to be kind of tough, will be, well, am I really going to let him live here and be divorced? Am I going to make that decision that I will allow that or not? And, of course, you no, have I to can't. decide that at some point. Okay. Then that, uh, no. When he says, I'm going to be a single father, and that gives me freedom, I don't think he has a grasp of what being a single father is. No, <laughs> Because absolutely there's still not, responsibilities. He's, he's, mm-hmm. Well, I've told him, I said, Who's, who is a single parent when you're gone two weeks out of the month? It's me, Ex- and it is not Exactly. Me. Exactly. So how well, do you think you can handle it? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Well, since he's identified only one thing that you've told me about, which is the nagging, and, and I'm assuming that because you understand that, that you have stopped doing that. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Good. Oh, I have no choice. He doesn't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can see that we're giving no choice. At least you still got a sense of humor there, Janina. Uh, that's a good thing. A sense of humor is a good thing. And you're working on the pies, being the best you, you can be. Uh-huh. Right now, until he makes some kind of a move one way or the other, I don't know anything else you can do. There's no magic phrase. There's no magic action that will suddenly make me go, oh, my goodness, what was I thinking? But if you consistently do what you're doing now, which is removing the negative, which you've done, even if he's the one that's made it happen, and, and creating the positives as much as you can, what we're hoping for is there's not some pull out there that you don't know about, okay? Something that's pulling right. him away other, other than the concept of being free. Now, that's, that mm-hmm. in and of itself is a pretty big pull, particularly in our society, mm-hmm. because I'm sure he's surrounded by guys, and maybe even gals, but he's surrounded by guys saying, man, you need to be free. You're young. You can do all these other things. But, but these people are chasing a fantasy. When you say midlife crisis, I don't actually think mm-hmm. those exist per se, but people do wind up often chasing fantasies like this is what life will be like. One thing you have going mm-hmm. for you is that because he has not yet pursued the divorce, he is, in a way, already kind of living a little bit of that fantasy because he's gone a couple of weeks out of the month, those kinds of things. And, and probably because it's still relatively early into that, he's probably having fun, quote, unquote. Okay. But at mm-hmm. some point, at some point, that begins to deteriorate. At some point, it begins to be like, right. you know, this is pretty empty. And so my recommendation is that you keep doing what you're doing now. And if you can hang on long enough. Because, you know, you have decisions you make about your life as well. If you can hang on long Mm -hmm. enough until he begins to realize that fantasy he's chasing is not what he thinks it's going to be, then there's a good possibility that this can be put back together. But it's going to be determined by if he decides to pull the plug and sees an attorney, that'll be a factor. Or Mm -hmm. you, if you finally just say, I can't live like that, that'll be the other factor. But right now, I think you're doing all the right things, my friend. I wish there was some magic button, but there's not. But I think you're doing all the right things. I'm impressed how strong you are. <laughs> well, you know, and, and then he tells me he's not attracted to me anymore, but yet yeah, he well, still wants to do that well, stuff. And it's like, hmm. do I keep doing that or no? Well, I'm going to recommend that you go. Uh, let's see. I'm going to look at our producer. Jesse, did I not do a video on that recently on, on making love with somebody in a situation where you're married? Uh, making love while separated. Yeah, making love while separated. Same principle. I'm asking our producer, and that's already up on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. 
So what I'm going to recommend, Jenny, is this to you and anybody else with a question like that. Go to our YouTube channel. You go to youtube.com slash marriage helper. It's all big on one long word. If you subscribe, then you can see all it's free. You can see all the videos we've done. Look for the one that I've done in the last few weeks about making love while separated. Now, you're not technically separated, but it's the same principle. And because I've got to move on to other callers here, I'm going to ask if you will go watch that video to find the answer to that. Okay. okay? Thank okay. you, Janina. Okay. Stay strong, my friend. I'm really impressed with her. I think that's a very, very strong young lady there. Okay. Um, okay. We're going to go over to Tina in Ohio. So we're leaving Michigan, heading to Ohio. Hi, Tina. How are you today? Hi, I'm well. How are you? Rocking and bobbing. How may I help you, my friend? Um, well, my question is, sort of around the same thing that she ended hers with, but just a a quick recap. My husband's father passed away almost a year ago. Um, Within three months after I found out he was having an emotional affair uh, with somebody he knew and dated in high school, Um, he has vacillated back and forth since I found out. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, um, No, let me go back. He moved out January. He Mm -hmm. went to live with his brother. That he needed some space. His head was spinning. Um, he, he has continued to stay in touch with me. We have kids. I've been using Smart Contact even before I knew what Smart Contact was. Um, mm-hmm. After an initial period of doing, you know, the wrong things like we all do, and we have been intimate on and off throughout this whole process because I was mm-hmm. under the impression that it was only an emotional affair and that. Uh, mm-hmm. Since then, I found he has gone to visit her a couple of times, so I'm assuming it's gotten physical. I'm assuming because I don't ask. Um, Since we are separated, I don't Mm -hmm. ask. Um, But it still hurts my heart. And a couple weeks ago, he called me and said, can we talk? And he said, I'm so sorry for everything. I'm so sorry Mm -hmm. for her, for pictures, yada, yada. He came to the house. We talked through everything. Um, I said, I just want you to be happy. And if that's with her, um, I'm sorry that that's the way you feel. I wish it was with me. And he said, it's definitely not with her, but I feel like that in my heart that he's gone to visit her again. Um, and so I feel like I need to tell him that I can't be intimate with him anymore until he ends things, but yet we're not living together. And so, and I'm afraid it's going to push him away because he is starting to move closer to me. And I'm just really at a loss as to how to move forward from here to continue the forward momentum that seems like we're having. So without mm-hmm. putting myself in a position where I feel like he's just going back and forth and back and forth. And I know he's in a bad place. I know the grief is just mm-hmm. eating him up. He says his head is spinning every single day. So I'm mm-hmm. trying to be a support, that safe place. Good. But I'm not good. sure That's where to go thing. moving forward. Okay. Um, Tina, what I'm hearing you say, and you tell me, you tell me if I'm hearing you correctly or not, okay? You suspect, as a matter of fact, you strongly suspect that he has been having sexual relationships with this woman, but you don't know that that's actually occurring. You suspect that even though he's making love to you, that, that because his head's spinning, because he's confused, you're suspecting that he's going back and having sex with her in between, but you have no evidence of that. That's what your emotions are telling you, but you don't necessarily know that to be true. Did I hear that correctly? Well, I do know that he has been going to visit her. She lives in Virginia. She has family in Tennessee. I know he's been to both places uh, mm-hmm. a couple of times. 
Um, mm-hmm. She posted some pictures on Facebook um, to show mm-hmm. that he was down there. I think she's, mm-hmm. you know, trying to push that in my face, which I'm not reacting to. She may well be. Mm-hmm. Sometimes and, and people he, do that. he apologized for those. He apologized for those pictures. He says, I'm so sorry about the pictures. And she texted my brother. Um, just, mm. She's not a good person, and I know that. And I'm trying yeah. to be patient because I feel like this is really something he is going to come out of. But at this point, I don't know if I should continue to be intimate with him. He is okay. pushing the envelope on the intimacy, too. He's starting to talk about threesomes, and he gets into this weird place in his mind where he's starting to push the envelope on other things, too. Okay, so and he's suggesting to you that, that he wants you to be involved in a threesome? Is that what he's saying? Um, yeah, in a way, he wants it really to be watch me with someone else. Um, we went and had some dinner the other day. He was talking about how he was thinking about, you know, smoking pot. That's always been something he's been against. I just don't okay. think his head is in a good place. No, it's not. That's obviously not. When a person gets into a situation like this and they cross boundaries, now, that doesn't necessarily mean that he's had intercourse with her, although it may. Crossing a boundary can just be getting emotionally involved with somebody other than the person that you're married to. But when people cross boundaries, there's kind of an unusual thing that occurs with many of them. Unusual is not even the right word. There's something that often happens with many of them that that you wouldn't expect or anticipate, and that's this. If I've crossed a boundary, that's a big one. Like I've become emotionally connected and involved with a person other than my wife. That's crossing a major boundary. It's not unusual then to cross a whole lot of other boundaries. And so uh, it's like if, uh, now that I've done something that in my moral sense is wrong, then a lot of those things just fall like dominoes. And the idea of, wow, I want to make love to you, but wouldn't it be interesting if there was another person involved, a threesome, those kinds of things. That, that doesn't always happen, but it's not unusual when it does happen. And, and it is because of the confusion that he's going through. Now, I think that you've actually got a pretty good view of this. He is confused. There's no doubt about it. This woman has some kind of pull on him, and yet at the same time, he's told you, I don't want to be with her forever. I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt that being true. Understand that when a person's confused and moving around like that in their mind, their head, that when they say something that sounds completely contradictory to what they just said the day before or even the hour before, and you'll think you can't think both those things, you can't feel both those things, in actuality, they can. What happens is they don't think them both at the same time, okay? It's called compartmentalized thinking. And so saying to you, no, I don't want to be with her, I'm sure there's a part of him that's very strongly believing that. I don't. Is there another part of him that for some reason, whatever it is that that pull with her is, that's pulling him out there, at least on some occasion? Well, apparently that does exist since you know that he's been to see her. And when he comes back, here's a couple of things I would suggest you think about as you make your decision as to whether you want to make love with him or not. First of all, I would strongly suggest, now it's up to you, and I'm not trying to tell you what your beliefs and values should be. I know what mine are. I'm not trying to tell you what the yours are. But if, if a threesome is not within your belief and value system, in other words, if that's something that you would like, you know, that's against everything that I stand for. I'm about commitment and love and loyalty and those kinds of things, and that's just about sex, and I'm not going to do that, then don't even listen to it. Just look at him and say, I understand that your mind's going a lot of places right now, but that's not something that I will consider. And, and you don't be mean, you don't be harsh, you don't scream at him, you don't judge him like, what's the matter with you? Have you become a pervert? You don't do any of those things. But you very calmly let him know, no, we're not going to discuss that. So that in his mind, 
that confusion doesn't begin to include the possibility that you might be doing some other things. And so you let it be known you're going to stay with your beliefs and values, whatever they are. And that's the first thing. The second thing is that in this situation, if you're deciding whether or not to make love to him, here are the pros and cons. Now, I'm going to recommend the same thing to you. I did to Janina just a moment ago. If you go to youtube.com slash marriage helper, all one long word, marriage helper, and subscribe, then you can see all the videos we have in there. And uh, Jesse, how many are there in there now? Probably over 200. over 200 videos in there on various subjects. And the one of them I'd ask you to look at is should I make the love with my spouse while separated? Because it's going to give a lot more detail than this very brief one I'm going to give right now. And that's this. If indeed he's wanting to make love to you, and if it's not just sex, in other words, when you're making love with him on those occasions when you do that, if you can feel there really is a connection more than just your bodies, that your minds, your hearts, your souls are connecting in any way, then this can be a strong pull pulling him back to the marriage. Now, I certainly understand. I certainly understand you're going, but wait a minute. I don't want to feel like I'm just one of two people or whatever. I, I don't want to feel like it's her and me and he can have whoever he wants at the same. It, I, I know that. I understand that. I admire your thinking like that. But if, 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 since you don't have proof that he's actually having sex with her, obviously a strong emotional connection based on what you've described, then you might contemplate, okay, rather than speculating about what he's doing, if I can connect to him, meaning you connect to your husband, if I can connect to him emotionally and all those things, and he's connecting to me, then this process of making love to him, he's not just using me as another body. He's actually connecting emotionally to me. And, and sex is one way that's very powerful to do that. And it could be part of what pulls him back. But, but if you do it thinking it's going to be the magic formula, that if I do this, he'll come running back. Everything's going to be wonderful just because I do that. Then that's not the way to look at it. Am I making any sense with this whatsoever? You are. And I feel like a lot of times lately in the beginning when you were fascinating, I felt like we were more connecting intimately, making love. But mm-hmm. now I do feel like when it's where his head's been, that although he sits and talks to me and, and lays with me and touches me, the sex part is more about sex to him. It could be. But the fact that he's talking to you, that he's lying with you, that he's touching you, those are pretty strong indications of intimacy. I mean, not just sexual intimacy, but emotional intimacy. Nobody can give you the absolute decision on this. Obviously, Tina, you have to decide for yourself. But I certainly recommend, go look at that video. It's, about, it's a lot longer. It's about seven or eight minutes long. And therefore, you can get more information from it than I'm giving you now. And okay. uh, I, I just hope you have the wisdom to make the decision that you feel best about. Remember, there's no magic one here. Okay. It's going to be figuring out what you think is best and hoping that it works. Okay. 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 Thank you. All right. right. Thank you. And now I'm moving over to Australia. Let's see if I can understand because I don't hear very well. Ralph in Australia, are you there? Yes, I am here, Dr. Beam. Thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome. How may I help you today, my friend? Um, Yes, Dr. Beam. I'm I'm calling, I guess, in regards to... um, it has to do with um, I've been standing for a marriage now about seven months since my wife has left. Um, okay. We, yeah, I guess when we first separated, um, she, there was no communication for about uh, well over a month. Um, we had okay. two small children, and she actually did mm. 
take them away for a while and that kind of stuff. And um, and we've kind of worked out an arrangement with um, living arrangements now and um, how we access our children. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually worked together for a while um, when we first separated and just the situation wasn't going to work that we could work together. She ended up resigning. Our employer didn't handle it very well and I ended up resigning as well. Um, and that was seven months ago. And I guess really the situation of where I find myself in life is, um, I guess, knowing that I'm, I get to spend only about 50% of time with my kids now. Um, yeah. And they're quite young. They're, you know, I have a two-year-old and a four-year-old. So mm. I really do want to invest as much time into them. Um, yeah. So I guess I, I have to make this choice about career and um yeah, I guess looking at a new career or how much time I spend mm-hmm. with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and it could easily come across as um, maybe I just want to stay unemployed, for example, and that's not a very attractive um, mm-hmm. feature when you're sta- standing for a marriage. But you know that you've got young kids that when you just have limited time with them that you want to spend as much time with them as possible when they're still so young. Um, mm-hmm. And my spouse might not really like that or I could choose... a a new career path, but then again, um, it might be something that just she just does not like, um, or just seems different to anything that I used to do. And I'm right, but at the same time, how would she I'm like at. you being unemployed? Yeah. I mean, think about that, my friend. You say she might not yeah. like a new career it goes, but is she going to like you being unemployed? I mean, will she like that? I'm really unsure about a lot of things. Like financially, you can still make it work, um, you know, work part-time or and those mm-hmm. kind of things because I really do miss my family so much um, rather mm-hmm. than putting my kids into, you know, with carers and those kind of things. I'd, right. And, you know, they're not in school yet, so they do need someone to care for them the time that I have them. Mm-hmm. Um, but so are you, you, you know, and your wife actually conversing with each other? Or are you actually having conversations where you actually we, talk, we, really talk? Not nothing emotional. Um, she doesn't want to talk about the relationship. She, I really feel like she will go for a divorce. Um, you have to wait 12 months before you can file for divorce. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's really the plan of where she's going with um, okay. with everything. But can you talk to her about things like employment? For example, if you have a conversation with her and say, you know, I'm thinking about just doing part-time stuff, staying mostly unemployed so I can be with the kids, or I can go ahead and get mm-hmm. a full-time job. Could you have those kind of conversations with her to see how she thinks or how she reacts about that? Yeah, I, I feel like we can a little bit. Um, I just feel like she's waiting on me to – she feels like I'm waiting on her to really decide what she's doing. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not the case anymore. It's, but I really do feel this strong urge and pull. Like I'm a dad, family's so important to me. Mm-hmm. And I really want to put my kids, um, yeah, first in all of this. And, and just mm-hmm. knowing that they're so young, still, I really do want to spend a lot oh, of time I, with them. I admire that more than you can imagine, Ralph. I think, I think it's absolutely wonderful. I admire you. I, I, I want to lift you up on this, my friend. You're doing the right thing when you think about your kids. Now, the question I understand you're asking, though, is this. How, how does it affect her? When you're working on yourself, becoming the best that you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, 
And, and what I'm thinking you're asking, and tell me if I'm just missing it, is, okay, if I don't get a full-time job, does that negatively affect my attraction to the physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual? Is that what you're saying? A little bit. I know that um, my wife comes from a, a fairly wealthy family, you could say, um, and I'm mm-hmm. not in the same position. And, mm-hmm. you know, and she's never mentioned anything like this, but I feel like there's always like that attraction towards someone who is, whether they're in business or has, you know, a white collar like career path that they're following and, mm-hmm. you know, their status, like it's, it's a really bad way to say it, but like their influence or career option is a big, big pull for her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and me deciding that I wanted to invest into my kids more than anything else might not be a, a very attractive look. Um, it may not. It may not. But listen, my friend, you sound like a man who really loves deeply. I know you love your kids. You're making that very plain. Do you love her as deeply as you love them? Absolutely. I, I, I really want to do everything I can to save this marriage. Okay. Um, All right. Absolutely and that's a good everything. thing. That's a good thing. But one thing you have to be careful here, Ralph, is that when you're thinking in terms of what will it be attractive to her, and that's important. That's when we teach the pies, the physical, intellectual, emotional, spiritual. That's when we talk about being a safe place. All those things yeah. attract another person, pull them to you. But we often say, and I reiterate here because I think it's applicable to this situation, that you don't do that just for your spouse. In other words, there are other parts of your life than this. And so if you were like, okay, I'm going to have to go get a white collar job, for example, I'm going to have to do this, that, and the other. So I become more attractive to her. But in the process, I feel that I failed my kids. Well, then you have to make a decision because if you do something in the pies, just to get a reaction from the other person, they may not react like you expect them to. That's why we keep saying, don't do it for them. You do it for you. And so when you work on yourself physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, you do it for you so that if your spouse does not react the way you hope they they do, you don't get discouraged and quit. And so it might be a good Mm -hmm. idea, my friend, if you sit down with a piece of paper, draw a line down the middle and go, okay, what do I need to do so I can feel that I'm being the father to my children that they need? And over here, what are the things I need to do so that I can become the best person that I can be? Notice I didn't put on that sheet what is it going to best what is going to most impress her, because the two things that that really I'm hearing here, I've got it. I want her back. I want to be married. But these kids are crucial. Yeah. Their welfare is crucial. And at the same time, if you're working on the things over here, for you, this other column, how am I going to be the best I can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually? Now we hope that has the right effect on her. We strongly and honestly do. But you have to be doing it for you not for her. And so if your decision became, well, yeah. I'm going to work part-time so I can be here for my kids because they really need that right now because they're not ready to go to school yet. They're still too young. And maybe I'll change my mind and do something differently once they get into school. Those are valid choices. I mean, they really are. And, and what I'm hoping that you do, my friend, because you sound like a really, really yeah. good guy to me, is if you were to make that decision, and I'm not telling you the decision, I'm just trying to give you the idea of how to make the decision, that if you make that decision mm-hmm. and you do it for your kids, if it doesn't lead her to come back, don't second guess yourself because you're making a decision with the understanding that the most important part of this decision for me right now is the welfare of my children. Later, maybe other things, but right now that's it. Therefore, if she does not react in a positive way like I want her to, I'm not going to feel bad about it. 
because I'm still getting the most important thing to me right now. And that is something only yeah. you can decide, my friend. Nobody but you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's definitely true. Um, yeah, I do have um, a second part to this question as well. And I've heard you guys talk about using leverage a little bit um, in terms of, you know, if your spouse doesn't want to participate in the workshop or um, mm-hmm. in any kind of marriage help and those kind of things. And, you know, if I've I've talked about to my spouse about wanting to get some kind of help and mm-hmm. she would just refuse it if I would use, you know, at the moment we're going through this process of, wanting to sell the house really so we could divide assets and, and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, and every time I talk about the marriage or relationship, she would just say that she's done and that she doesn't want to mm-hmm. talk about it. But I do really want to do something in terms of being able to, to get help. And if I mention something like, okay, can we make a trade and everything on something? It just, I think she takes it as being manipulative. And she probably does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Many but people I, do. I just, yeah, I just I want to it, do something, mm-hmm. but I don't want to come, to come across manipulative in, in the way that I do it. Okay, and I think that's very wise. So here's what we recommend. I don't know that we use the word leverage because that sounds kind of manipulative. I don't know that it's a bad word. It's just not the word that we use. What we talk about is you mm-hmm. find what the other person wants, and then, and then you offer a trade. But if you do it very upfront, then it doesn't come across as manipulative, or at least it's less likely to come across as manipulative when you say, Look, you know, here's what I want. That's what you want. I'm, I'm not trying to control you. I'm not trying to dominate, but I'm offering to make a trade. And, and if you mm-hmm. will do this with me, I'll do that for you. And if you make it very clear up front, I am making a trade. I'm not trying to manipulate you. And if you don't want to make the trade, don't make it. I'm not going to push. I'm not going to cajole. I'm not going to try to talk you into it. I'm just going to make a simple offer. But always make sure two things if you do that. Number one, that you really know what she wants that you can offer. Because if you're offering something she doesn't particularly care about, it doesn't matter. And the second thing is that it's something you're actually willing to give up. Because when you trade, it may not work. In other words, even if you got the help, it it may not work. So you don't want to feel badly later by saying, well, I should not have given that up. So those two things, what does she really want? And am I really, really willing to give it up? And then very straightforward and honest. Okay, I, I'm not trying to sound manipulative. If, if it does sound like that way, tell me so we can talk about it. Um, obviously, I have a goal and you have a goal. And, and I'm trying to see if we can make these things blend in some fashion where neither of us gets run over. But I get to try this and you get to have that. That's the way that works. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you, Ralph. Take care of yourself yeah, thanks, over there down under, my friend. Okay. And we're going down here to, well, we've been to Australia. We've been to Michigan. We've been to Ohio. What about if we just come back to Tennessee? I just saw Tennessee, and then I just lost Tennessee. Where did Tennessee go? Well, I guess we're not going to Tennessee. I don't know where that went. We're going to go to Canada instead. And we're talking to Deborah in Canada. How are you, Deborah? Good. I am good. I am good. Thanks very much for taking my call. How may I help you today? Okay. Um, I've been separated for a year now, a year plus. And at first, it was my husband that initiated the separation because of cheating and uh, just neglect. And so um, I was separated for a year, and then he's trying to come back and say, hey, let's work it out and whatever. He has asked me for divorce. 
twice mm-hmm. uh, around mm-hmm. the time of separation, and he's mm-hmm. had um, two affairs that I know of during the separation, mm-hmm. before and during the separation. Uh, both has dissolved. However, um, while I was trying to, you know, consider, I did find that he was still talking to the first one that he had affairs with. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, there's just been a lot of things that I have on my list that he's not doing to Mm -hmm. want me to go back and say, okay, let's work it out because I feel like it's going to fall back on um, him just having the, you know, the higher power and then him just falling back and then having to separate again. I feel like that's where it's going to lead to again because he's not giving up his past. And he's hmm. really not showing any remorse and anything of that nature on my part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So why does he want to come back? What does he say? Uh, for the kids, and he thinks that's what's best for him. He he claimed that he just had emotional affairs. He just had to get rid of it. Get you know rid of it, which I've read about. You know, spouses have an emotional affair and then it wears out. But then he's not letting go of those people. So I don't know, like, what is the attachment all about? Why can't you let them go? Because I see separate mm-hmm. texts, and I see texts being hiding, you know, hidden. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking for it, but sometimes I grab, I'm the phone is right in front of me, and then I just see it, and I'm like, okay. And then I also mm-hmm. see that he's changing names of who the people who are on his phone. So mm-hmm. he, even though he claimed you had deleted them and not talking to them, basically, yeah. Gotcha. So do you still love this guy? Um, I'm trying to find the love, to be honest, since mm-hmm. I've been, uh, away for the year, I, you know, I work on myself intellectually mm-hmm. and all of that mm-hmm. spiritually mm-hmm. I'm on the good side, physically. Mm-hmm. Yes. And sometimes, you know, the being depressed comes in because, um, you know, I'm just like, okay, it's like life hit me hard <laughs> in a yeah. way. Yeah. Uh, through this whole process, but I mean, other than that, I'm not being negative or anything. I look on the positive of everything. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, I know that I'm a loving person. So, finding the love back is not a problem. It's just a fact but that you don't trust. Yeah, you don't trust him. Yeah. Right. I understand. If he became trustworthy, would you want to put this back together? I, I yeah, I would. Okay. Is he willing to um, submit himself to circumstances where that he can be, uh, I'm, I'm looking for the right language here. Basically it comes down to this. If I don't use the right words, forgive me. I'll try it the second time. What we often recommend when a person has done something that's violated trust, we recommend that if you're going to put this thing back together, one thing you're going to have to do is this for at least nine months, minimum nine months, that the person who has been doing the untrustworthy things has to make himself, in this case, it's himself, sometimes it's herself, but himself accountable to the nth degree. What I mean by that is to the point where it's almost oppressive, but not, not like you're going to live like that the rest of your life. It's not going to be like you're the mama and he's a little boy for the rest of his life. That won't work, but it will work up nine months to a year, something like that, where it's like you have access to everything. You know where every dollar goes. You know where every minute goes. You are able to look at his phones. Anytime you want to, you can pick them. You're able to check his email. The kind of thing that nobody wants to live like forever because it feels like you're living under a magnifying glass. But mm-hmm. to rebuild trust, to rebuild trust, if he really wants to come back 
and he really wants to be with the children, really wants to be with you, then that was that's the kind of thing I would think that you would have to do. You would sit down together and basically write a contract. And the contract, and it's not going to be like a legal contract you take to court necessarily, but it's the kind of contract where, okay, I want you back. I want to give you another chance. I want to see if we can rebuild the love because I'm a loving person. I can do that. But to be able to do that, I have to know that I can trust you, that you're not involved in some kind of emotional or any other way with anybody else. Therefore, these are the things that I will require. And I require that they'll happen for at least nine months. Now, if he's not ready to do that, then you're not ready for a full-fledged reconciliation. That does not necessarily mean you're not ready for the first step in reconciliation. The first step in reconciliation is basically to start dating again. Now, if you start dating again, it's like, I'm not committing to come back to you, and I'm not expecting you right now to commit to come back to me. I'm just going to see if I still like you. I'm, just, I'm going to see if I still want to be around you and you do the same thing. And so, so reconciliation is not just like one thing like that. Reconciliation is a step and then another step and another step and another step. Now, somewhere down here, and I don't have time to go into detail today, but somewhere down here, is when you have that contract and say, okay, we can make the next step. But at this point, I have to have assurance. And so here's the contract. And again, it doesn't have to be written like a legal thing, but it's, you both look at it, you read it to make right. sure you understand, you talk about it, and you both sign it, and then you put it in a lockbox somewhere so that if ever a discussion comes up, no, 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 that's not what we said. Let's pull it out and read it. Oh, here's what we said. And again, it's not to start fights. It's to stop fights. Now, right. Before very long, and, and I don't know exactly how long that's going to be, I'm sorry, uh, Jim Porto, our director of operations, and I are going to be doing a series on reconciliation, reconciliation that explains every one of those steps. We'll be, we'll be starting recording that hopefully within the next two or three weeks, hopefully, and then have that okay. out, and it'll give much, much more detail than this. But right now, here's my recommendation. If you still want to consider the possibility, just date each other some. And as it gets closer to the point of thinking, okay, he really wants to come back, think carefully what needs to be in that contract, okay? And don't make it oppressive to the point where he can't do it, but make well, it enough where that you can feel comfortable knowing, okay, for the next nine months or so, at least nine, I'm going to be able to check, and therefore I'm going to be able to have some peace and not worrying about what he's doing. And, and when he does, if and when he does that, then you can have a lot more confidence that this reconciliation will work. Okay. All right. I will try that. That sounds great. I mean, I did try it first time when it comes to telling him not to have contact with the first mm -hmm. person he had emotional feeling, and he broke back because he was hiding her in his phone mm -hmm. books and whatever. So I'm going to try yeah. that again. I'm going to try the contract writing everything now so that he good. sees what he's up good. against and then see Very where I'll go. Okay. Yep. I hope so things are well for you, Deborah. Okay, thank you. And let's see if I can find the Tennessee caller that I lost a moment ago because I feel badly. Sometimes my screen jumps here. I'm talking to Jesse, our producer, like it's his fault. <laughs> it's not his fault. Sometimes my screen jumps and it jumps down and I lost the Tennessee call. And I feel badly about that because somebody out there in Tennessee was thinking, oh, he's about to answer. And then I was in Canada all of a sudden. Do you see it, Jesse? No, I think he might have. You think I? I see Texas, but I don't see. Tennessee. Okay, he sees Texas, but he doesn't see Tennessee. So Tennessee caller, I am so very sorry. Uh, I think I did something that pushed you off, and I apologize for that. <sighs> okay, so I'm going to go down here. 
All right. We're going to go to an interesting one here in California then. We're going to talk to Liz. Hi, Liz. How are you today? Hi. How may I help you, my friend? Oh, one second. Let me just get go somewhere early. Okay. Um, my question was for you, how do I leave a 15-year love affair? <laughs> I need help. Okay. So are you married to somebody else? I've been married 25 years. I have one daughter, and the person mm-hmm. that I'm having an affair with is also married for 15 mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. And how often and, do you guys see each other? Um, well, it's changed over the years. You know, for the mm-hmm. first five years, I used to see him every day. Mm-hmm. And then um, I tried to, I broke up with him, so, but he mm-hmm. didn't want to, and so... I would see him like like once every six months, and then for the last um, five years, he he lives in the same city I do, but he works in mm-hmm. a different city, so he's there mm-hmm. Monday through Friday. So I go over there every two weeks. So for the last four or five years, I've been I see him every two weeks, but talk to him all day every day. Okay. So why are you still married? I love my husband. I know that's so weird to he's a lovely person. Okay. And so what is the affair partner doing for you? What is what need is he fulfilling in you? Um, I think that my my side that I like to do things, go places. I don't want to say have fun, but um just more communication of exactly what I want and he listens to exactly what I want and and follows through of what I like to do and what he likes to do, I guess. Okay. So if we were to measure your emotions toward these two guys, and when we measure love, we basically try to measure three things. One, one thing we measure, believe it or not, is a level of commitment. How strong is the commitment to this person? How strong is the commitment to that person? Another thing we measure is intimacy. Now, intimacy here does not refer to sex. Intimacy here refers mm-hmm. to openness, transparency, vulnerability, uh, self-revelation, those kinds of things. And then we measure mm-hmm. passion. And passion has to do with the craving for oneness, that I crave being one with you. So if we were going to compare the commitment you have toward your husband and the commitment you have toward your affair partner, and I realize that you're having to just get a number out of the air here, but uh, which one do you think would be stronger commitment, stronger to him, to the husband, or stronger to the affair partner? And you said commitment is more like the openness and no, I'm talking about commitment. Like that? But I am no commitment okay. being I'm committed to being with you. This commitment. Oh, okay. Um I'm <laughs> ironically I believe in the sanctuary merit. I believe in not leaving my husband, so I'm trying really hard in my head to stay a thousand percent committed to my husband, but that's not what my heart said. Does that make sense? Yeah. But if we were measuring the two, you would say it would be stronger commitment to your husband than to the affair partner? Yes. Okay. And when it comes to yes. uh, intimacy, the intimacy being openness, transparency, vulnerability, which would be stronger, the affair partner or your mm, husband? I would believe my affair partner. 
Okay. And when it comes to passion, a craving for oneness that I miss you when you're not with me, I think about you, those kinds of things, which are. My fair partner. Okay. So you have a stronger emotional connection to your fair partner than you do to your husband. Yeah. Okay. That's what now, it feels like. It. Okay. And I understand that's what we're talking about right now. We're talking about emotions, not logic. Now, based on your belief in value system, is this right? No, definitely not. That's why I, you know, some some light came on recently mm-hmm. um, that kind of brought that forward of, you know, Liz, you're not, you're, you're causing a lot of destruction, <laughs> volunteer destruction to your family, not only mm-hmm. to my family, but to him and his mm-hmm. family, which is, is oh my mm-hmm. God, it's awful. I I I don't want to feel like this. I don't want to be in this situation because mm-hmm. people think like I'm hearing other people's husbands having or wives having an affair, and you and you think it's they're having a great time, but it's not. It's so super emotionally, uh, like feel like it's not destructive, but you know if you care about other people in general, it it does. Mm-hmm. I feel. The people like my husband's sorrow and heartbreak, and my daughter's mm-hmm. sorrow and heartbreak. She's 19, and mm-hmm. I know through him, my love of my partner, my love of her partner, I can feel that his wife is going through the same thing. And I hate hate making people miserable, but I'm being selfish, and I can't help that. And how do I get out of that? Okay, my heart can't Let's let just, me. Uh, I know that it feels I know that it feels like that that your heart won't let you or can't let you but you do understand that emotions can be controlled. You know what you just said was eloquent when you talked about the fact of the pain the 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 potential destruction to your daughter to your husband to his family all those things. I don't think you're just pulling that out of the air. I think that's who you are. It sounds to me like that those things really matter to you that you really do have a belief okay. in value system. And and that's good. That means that I hurt you. Mm-hmm. I hurt you're a good person. And then when you say, but I can't stop this other thing. I can't control it. Now, if I know. if you were if you were trying to help me, I'm I'm a recovering alcoholic. If you had known me back when I was drinking and we were friends, I would have told you I can't control it. I can't stop it. And you would have looked at me <laughs> and said, you can find the help yes. to do this, wouldn't you? Because that, as my friend, that's yes. what you would have told me. Okay. Based on what I'm hearing from you, I think you're a really good person. But I think, based on my beliefs and values, and based on yours, because you've made yours clear right then, what you're doing is a bad thing. And good people sometimes do bad things. Well, the Mm -hmm. only way to stop it, the only way to stop it is to stop it. Now, will it hurt? Yes. You've got a long-time emotional Mm -hmm. investment in this guy. A long-time emotional investment in this guy. A long time, I know. mm Mm-hmm. Which means that when you uh, stop it, which means when you stop it, you're going to go through a grief period. You're going to go through grief and mourning, and that's a painful thing to do. But, but because you, your daughter really matters to you. You love her. Your husband really matters to you, and and your own beliefs yeah. and values really matter to you. And you said, you said, well, I'm not going to use the word destructive, but I am. I'm saying that at some point, okay. somehow, some way. Because I'll guarantee you, the intimacy that you've been having with your affair partner 
has robbed some of the intimacy that you could be having with your husband. And the intimacy he's been having with you, and I'm not talking about just sex. I'm talking about the openness, transparency, all those things. The intimacy that he's been having with you has been robbing his wife. And so even if you Mm -hmm. can't measure what you're doing, you are causing harm to other people, and that's not who you are. You don't want to cause harm to other people. I know. It's killing me inside mm -hmm. now. Okay. And I admire that. I admire the fact that it's killing you because that means you're a good person. Okay. I now, hope so. <laughs> well, you're a good person who, who needs desperately doing a to, horrible, stop, horrible, horrible thing. to stop doing yeah. a bad thing. Now, it may be that you can find a good counselor out there in California where you live that can help you stop this. The problem is if you go see a counselor, unfortunately, your counselor might be a person who says, oh, just do what makes you happy. Because unfortunately, we run into a lot of those. There are awesome, amazing, wonderful counselors. And then there's those that, like in every other profession, they just suck. Okay? And so if you're yeah. going to get I am seeing a we, counselor. I am. I just started it. Does a counselor know about I the am. affair? Oh, yeah. That's all I talk about. My daughter, okay, and my daughter's like, you need counseling. I said, okay, right. I'll do it for you. And has the counselor tried to help you stop the affair? Yeah, she's tell, she tells me all the things that you tell me, Good. and um, and so she's, you know, giving me some things like ask him, um, you know, about his wife, because I never asked about his wife. I didn't even know her name. I know it's after 15 years. I don't know her personality. Mm-hmm. I don't. I didn't want to know, you know, because that would kill me, and now that, that I asked him really this last weekend, and I'm like, oh. You know, kind of mm-hmm. gives me more clarity on what I'm, sure. what I'm actually getting Creating into. Because I didn't, yeah, mm-hmm. taking off those rose-colored well, glasses and seeing good. the reality of things. So good, 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 it's good. Baby I'm, I'm, it's baby steps. I'm happy step. that you found a counselor. <laughs> I'm happy that you found a counselor who's helping you do that. So I'm going to make two recommendations to you, my friend, and I'm running out of time here. Okay. Two recommendations to you. Okay. Number one, uh, the only way to stop is to stop. And it's going to yeah. hurt when you do. But at some point, you have to put your foot down and say, because of who I am, what I believe, what's important to me, this can't happen anymore. Now, if you do that, mm-hmm. don't plan a rendezvous to stop. Like, we'll stop after the next one. <laughs> That's not good. That won't work. That's, That's what bad. I always say. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you can't do that. It's got to be, this is it. We're done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm you've got to stop it. Stop it and then not continue. And here's the second thing I recommend. The second thing is this. You're going to go through a grief period when you do. If you actually do Mm -hmm. stop it, you're going to go through a grief period. Uh, If you have a pencil or a pen, or you can go back and listen to this later if you don't. There's a thing called spark. We'll try to remember this. Spark of life. One long word. S-P-A-R-K. Spark of life. Dot org. O-R-G. Spark of life. Dot org. Okay. When you start going through this grief process, Contact those people because they are outstanding. They are outstanding because you're going to grieve this loss. You are. And they are Oh, powerful. I already broke up with him, and it hurts more than anything in the world. Go to sparkoflife.org. <laughs> These are people that I endorse, okay? Uh, as a matter okay. of fact, we work hand-in-hand hand hand with them. Sparkoflife.org. They do these amazing retreats, and they can help you get past this. And that's who I recommend that you go to next, okay? Sparkoflife.org. Contact them today. Hey, I'm counting on you. Here's what I want to know. Maybe a month or two from now, call me back and tell me that you (laughs) did it. 
I want to hear this. Okay. okay. I'm serious. I Would you promise wanna, me that? Okay. I'm working right. on it. I am deeply yeah. working on myself, working on with the counselor, like verbalizing what I want to do, and mm-hmm. hopefully that okay. will transpire my life. But I just want to apologize to all the people that are there listening that have been cheated on that I am so sorry for your pain. Hmm. I'm sorry that they have to go through this pain because of people like us. Okay. That's thank you so much. Please call me back. Let me know how it goes, please. Okay. Okay. Thank you. All right, thank you. So much pain and a woman who really enjoys life. I mean, you could hear it. She laughed. She, uh, she's full of life, but she knows the pain she's causing, and she's allowing herself to feel that pain. If you are doing something that's destroying your marriage or your family or hurting your husband or your children your wife, even if you do find pleasure in what you're doing, and I know that's why you do it, I hope that you learn from her that sometimes it's time to start looking at reality. Like, what's the other wife's name? Sometimes it starts, it's time to start looking at reality and realize what you're doing to other people. And that's why I know that's a good woman doing a thing that she shouldn't be doing because she actually cares about other people. What about you? We'll see you next Monday.